Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Paul writes to the church in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. And since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. We had a powerful word from Pastor Lisa last week about as we have believed we should be growing in Christ, we should be growing in the things of the Lord. And can I share with you today or can I remind you that the development of our linguistic ability is part of the maturing process. Even in nature, we see this borne out. Babies are born, and the infants are there, and they toddle and coo and gurgle, and they, they just don't really say much of anything at all. They just kind of make noise. But then as those babies begin to grow and they begin to develop, they begin speaking. And they begin to share in, in broken words and phrases the things that are in their heart and in their mind. Although it's an incomplete expression, it's an expression nonetheless. And as that child continues to grow and to develop, our expectation of them is that their ability to express themselves continues to grow and develop as well. If, if in fact this process is stunted in their lives, we would begin the hurried process of diagnosis to try to consider what is the issue, what's the challenges that they're facing that keeps this thing of linguistic development from coming to pass in their lives. Are they challenged in the things they're hearing? Are they challenged in the formation of their palate to, to pronounce the words? And you know, mainly when those little toddlers are coming, they really make for some interesting conversation because a lot of what they say is just a regurgitation of things that they've heard. And sometimes we're not even aware of what they've heard until it comes out of their mouth. And we're surprised. And then they use it in an incorrect context and it tickles us, right? Now, I can tell you in your walk with the Lord that the same is true. As you grow in Christ Jesus, you should be developing in your linguistic ability. In other words, what I want to ask you today is since you've believed, have you begun to speak the language of the kingdom? Do you speak the language of the kingdom? You see, Paul says this to the Corinthian church as well. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child, but when I became a man, I put away the childish things. Now we're talking about moving forward and taking new territory in our lives, and we understand that to do so, church, we're going to have to put away childish things. No longer can we speak in broken expression, but we have to speak out of an agreement in the Spirit. We need to develop our linguistic ability of speaking in agreement with the God that calls things that are not as though they are. 
Now let me tell you something, church. I told the early service this. I'll tell you, we need to watch our mouth. How many of you, your mama told you, watch your mouth? Just watch your mouth. And usually that was because you had said something wrong. Well, I want to tell you, this isn't about what you say right, what you say wrong. This is about watch your mouth because we need to watch our mouth because your language, your speech is an indicator. Jesus said, for out of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's revelatory of what's on the inside of us. Now this is not a message today, you know, for you to learn a certain dialect or to say or not say things out of obligation. This is not going to be me saying to you, say this and don't say that. There's a place for that type of instruction and that place is ignorance. When we don't know, we need to be told, hey, you don't need to say that and you do need to say this. But for those of us who know, we need to watch our mouths because it indicates to us what's on the inside. I'm not asking you to, you know, learn some kind of uh, religious speech out of, a, out of a religious obligation. I'm asking you to really watch what you're saying and be sure that you're speaking the kingdom language. The same ways that a car, a car's gauges, instrument panel, lets you know what's going on under the hood, this thing right here lets you know what's going on in here. I've often had people come to me and they'll say, Pastor, I, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. And, and, and they'll go on for 10, 15 minutes and you're like, well, do you want me to pray for you or not? And they, they want, they get up here and they... Pastor, I need you to pray for me because I, there's this thing and there's that thing, there's another thing. And, and they're going on and on and on. And finally, when they take a breath, you say, well, let's pray. <laughs> and you pray, God, in the name of Jesus, would you unleash your miracle working power in the life of my sister? Would you just release healing and anointing right now? And you pray in the glory down. And while you're praying, I'm convinced that they're thinking of their next set of arguments or complaints because you say amen they say and pastor another thing <laughs> and it's another 15 minute tirade of woe is me gloom and despair oh my god they don't say pastor I received that word and I'm gonna get up out of this seat and I'm gonna walk forward in victory no 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 it's just a continuation and what that ought to tell us is that in that moment in our heart, we're exalting our problems above the power of God in our lives to work effectively to bring about change. You see, speech is an identifier. Speech is, speech is an indicator, but speech is also an identifier. The scripture on the screen is from the Gospel of Matthew and as he recounts Peter's denial. Peter tried to deny that he knew Jesus, but there was something about the way that he talked that blew his cover. I'm going to tell you something, church. When you go out of this place and you're facing a dark and wicked world, there needs to be something about the way you talk that blows your cover. They need to know that you're a kingdom man. They need to know that you're a kingdom woman. When your mouth opens, the kingdom of God needs to come out of it. And they need to say, look, I don't know where you go to church. I don't know when you got saved. But I know there's something different about you because your speech is giving you up right now. 
Now, when you and I speak, it needs to identify us as a man or a woman who is or is not of God. It needs to identify us as a man or a woman who has or lacks faith. As a person who is or is not confident in God's work in our lives. As a person who is or is not confident in what God created you to be. Unified speech is essential. Genesis 11, Pastor Jason alluded to it earlier. We read of the account of the Tower of Babel. And that great feat that was attempted there. And Genesis 11 is where we find this. And the very first verse God highlights for us in that chapter is this. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. They were united in speech and they began to displease the Lord building that tower that ascended into heavens. And when God wanted to put a halt to it, do you know what he did? He didn't strike them with physical infirmity. He didn't rain down fire and brimstone. He simply confused their language. He made it so that they couldn't communicate. And let me tell you something, church. We are in spiritual warfare. We are on the battlefield. And if the adversary, if one army can confuse or sever the communication line of the other, he has a distinct advantage. And can I tell you that the adversary is busy in the church, in the lives of believers, trying to confuse and sever the communication? You know, if, you're, if the communication, if you're out there on the battlefield and the communication is lost, you can't call for reinforcements. If your communications are confused, you might call the airstrike in on yourself. If your communications are disrupted, nobody knows where to send the rations and the supplies. It's terrible. And confusion, frustration, and mayhem are the result. And the enemy is confusing the language of many people today. And they think it's no big deal. You don't really think it matters what you say. But it does. It does. The word says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. You see, the enemy's confusing that language, and it is a big deal. It's, it's, in doing this, he's diminishing the faith of many people, and he's demoralizing them in their pursuit of the things of God. You see, sometimes we're expecting God to bless things in our lives that we're continually cursing. We're, we're expecting God to resurrect some situation in our lives that we're constantly speaking death over. We're expecting God to grant victory where we're constantly declaring defeat. We're hoping for God to impart a healing, but we're decidedly speaking in agreement with our infirmity. Oh, they, in the end, what happens is then we just begin to simply give up and we walk away and we just say, well, I can never seem to see God working in my life. Oh, I, I see it in the life of another. I see it somewhere else, but I just... I, somehow I feel like God has forsaken me and I just need to give up. I often wondered why God instructed the children of Israel when they got to Jericho to march around the city all those times in silence. I said, God, why, why do they need to march in silence? And one day it hit me. He said, if nobody was permitted to say anything, and remind you, this is a group of people that were, had a great tendency to grumble and complain. Had a long-standing history of it. God said to me, if nobody said anything, nobody complained. 
Nobody spoke against what God was about to do. I can see it right now. Can't you see it right now? If they were allowed to walk around that wall and converse, sooner or later somebody would have been in there and they had thought of 50 ways that God should have and could have done it better. And they'd have looked over at their neighbor and they'd have said, I don't know what in the world we're walking around this wall for. I mean, this is the dumbest thing I've ever participated in. I just can't, it's hot out here. I got sand in my shoes. I don't know what in the world the Lord was thinking when he... Y'all laugh at me, but you've heard them. And what would have happened is by the time they got to the seventh time around on the seventh day, instead of them having a victory shout, somebody would have said, Whew, I'm glad that's over. I'm thirsty and I'm hot and I'm so ready to get back home. But no, 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 no. There were some people in that place. And they said, no, I didn't see it firsthand. But Grandma told me about how the blood of the Lamb was applied to the doorposts. And about how when we stood with our backs up against the wall, God opened up the sea and our people came through on the dry land. I wasn't there myself. Maybe I was a little tight, but they told me about how God rained down manna in the wilderness and how he caused the water to flow out of the rock. And I am well persuaded right now in this moment that if God said march, march is what we need to do. And we'll march until we bore a hole in the ground. And when we get to the end of it, we're going to shout unto God with the voice of triumph and we're going to see the walls come tumbling down oh my god y'all keep helping like that 15 minutes is going to be shot real quick <laughs> Woo. Mm. But Christian you need to watch your mouth here's some distinct characteristics of the language of the kingdom and that you and I need to consider as we're watching our speech First of all, kingdom language is faith-filled. It's faith-filled. I want to clarify, I didn't say it's the word of faith. I said it's faith-filled. There's some people feel like if they'll just say something in faith, they can march God all around like a genie in a bottle. That they're going to deny reality until something else becomes the fact of the matter. I've had people come to me with their arms eat up and everything. I say, what's that? They say, I don't know, it ain't poison ivy because I don't receive it. Brother, you receive it or not, you got it. Right? I'm not talking about blab it and grab it and name it and claim it. I'm talking about finding the Word of God. And when hell's raging against your life, when everything seems like it's going away and diminishing around you, you take your stand on the Word of God and say, I know whom I have believed in and I am persuaded that He is able to keep what I've committed to Him until the day of Christ Jesus. Listen, David didn't deny the existence of the giant. But he stood there in the face of adversity. And he said, my God was with me when the bear came out. And when the lion came out. 
and I was able to slay them with my bare hands. And you listen to me, you uncircumcised Philistines. I don't know if David knew that language was going to end up in the Bible or not. But he said, you listen to me, you uncircumcised Philistine. Today, I will take your head off of you and I will feed your carcass to the birds of the air. This is not my battle. It's God's battle and the work is done. Come on, somebody. Jesus didn't say there weren't going to be mountains, but what he did say is that if you have the faith as of a grain of mustard seed, you could say to the mountain, be thou removed, and it would be cast into the sea. I've got to get a hold of something here. The kingdom language is full of truth. There are some things in this life that are simply absolute, and the truth of the Word of God is one of those things. It's not accommodating. In this world of political correctness and tolerance, we may find the pressure to be accommodating with our speech. The truth of the word is not necessarily flattering, but I can tell you this, it is life-giving. And it is forever settled. Somebody said this morning, oh, I like it, preacher. I like where you're going with this truth. Because I know when we start talking about truth in the house of the Lord, somebody's fixing to get told off up in here. But I remind you also that the kingdom... Language is also full of grace. You see, this truth of God is not an anvil against which we slam those who don't agree with us or those who perhaps have a different view than us. But this, this truth is not a weapon with which we finish off the fallen. But the language of the kingdom speaks the truth in love undergird by grace. The language of the kingdom is unifying. If there are words coming out of your mouth that are divisive, I don't want to, and understand this, I don't want to be too narrow here because sometimes I think as long as we can say that we don't gossip about the church people or the leadership, then we feel like we've got this thing licked. But this is not only applicable to the confines of the church family, this is applicable in the world as well. You are to be a unifying voice in this world. It doesn't matter if it's an issue of race or politics or whatever it is. You are to be a representative of God and His kingdom here in this place. In this world. Listen. If you're joining in on every piece of social media clickbait garbage that people throw out there just to start a fight and sit back and watch, then you're not speaking the language of the kingdom. I've got some friends even, some, even a few colleagues who under the guiles of wanting to have a better understanding. They, the post starts this way. Well, I have my own opinions, but I'd like to see what everybody else thinks. That's just a clever way of saying, I want to see all of y'all in a fight, and I'm going to sit back here and laugh at you. I'm going to see how much stuff I can stir up. Look, we're not here to stir up things and distract people. We're here to point people to Jesus. We're here to unify people with the understanding that Christ is king. That the blood still saves and sets people free. Now, you're to be Christ's ambassador. You're here to be on official kingdom business. You're to recognize when the enemy is trying to use your voice to cause division and recognize that while some things are important, nothing is important as, as important as your witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I don't care if your candidate gets in the office or not. It's not as important as your witness for Jesus Christ. Nothing is as important as the platform that you have to speak Jesus to somebody else. And if you're turning them off with peripheral things, then you need to back up and start speaking the kingdom language.
Kingdom language is edifying. I'm not here to tear you down. I'm here to lift you up. That doesn't mean I don't tell you the truth, but it does mean that I do it in a way that's uplifting, that's encouraging, that's edifying, that builds you up. Now, how many of you have ever started a new job and there was a certain language that was in that workplace that you weren't familiar with? And, you know, people were coming up to you. They were using all kinds of acronyms and, and, and euphemisms and things like that that they thought you knew that you didn't know and you didn't understand a word they said. I mean, they come to you and told you that they needed the DSM at the PQR and, and you needed to take a LOR or whatever. And you just stand there like a deer in the headlights looking at them going, What? But you found out after a while, you not only understood the language, you were able to speak it. What you have done is you have assimilated to the culture of that workplace. People do it. Immigrants do it. They come to this, they come to this nation. They see something here that's attractive and, and it's enticing. And they leave the land of their nativity. And they, they, come into this, they come into this nation and they forsake the citizenship of the former. And they embrace the citizenship of the new. And they immerse themselves in the culture. And regardless of what accent or whatever markings they bear in their lives that testify of where they've been, there's a distinctive about them that lets you know that they are 100% completely in this moment American then there's what we call in the international business world the expatriates expats these are major organizations that own business interests worldwide and they'll send somebody from the native country to the foreign country to work and they go there and they encounter the culture and they experience the culture but they never relinquish their citizenship in, in the old homeland and there's a clear understanding that when I get done here I'm going back to where I came from learning the language of the kingdom is a part of an assimilation process Assimilation is the process of becoming similar to something else. And in the book of Corinthians, Paul lets us know that as you and I are looking in the Word of God now with unveiled faces, that we are to be changed, transformed from glory to glory in the image of Christ Jesus. We're to assimilate into the kingdom. We need to learn a new language. We need to be sure we're speaking that language. I want to immerse myself in the kingdom of God. When I open my mouth, I want everybody to say, that's a man of God. When I open my mouth, I want everybody, when you open your mouth, I want everybody to say, that's a woman of God. They're, the, they're people of the kingdom. I no longer want to be identified as that foreigner who's exposed to the culture. I want to be someone who's fully embraced the culture to the point that we're now identified with the culture. Because you see, I've not been hired out. I've been grafted in. Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come. 
And if I'm going to pray thy kingdom come, I've got to be sure I'm speaking as a representative of that culture. And I want to ask you today, what language are you speaking? I don't know about you, but as I said, when I open my mouth, I want it to be clear what culture I'm affiliated with. Couples, what, what language are you speaking of your marriage? Are you, are you speaking out of yesterday's hurt and disappointment and discouragement? Are you speaking out of the wholeness and the completeness and the vision that God has put before you? What are you speaking, parents, over the lives of your children? Are you speaking in accordance now with the behavior that they're manifesting in their lives that aren't the way that God said it should be? Or are you speaking in accordance with the word of the Lord that said train up a child in the way they should go and when they're old they'll not depart from it? When you're speaking about your church, what language are you using? When you're forecasting about your finances, what language are you using? When you're describing your health situations, what language are you using? Is it faith-filled? Is it full of truth? Is it full of grace? Is it unifying? Is it edifying? Is it in accordance with the God who calls things that are not as though they are? We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.